0: Broadcasting from on location in beautiful, hot, and I guess still steamy, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack with a wonderful returning guest. He's making his return to the Knapsack Files. Uh, it's been a couple of years. Uh, the show went dormant, and uh, I could not bring him on when there was no show, but he's back. It is writer, comedian, storyteller. Um, Pro-wrestling veteran, uh, man of all trades, the wonderful, dangerous Dan Farron. Why, thank you very much, Ken, for inviting me back. I, too, had gone dormant
1: for many years <laughs> before uh, I returned to the show. Right. At least it's that's the way it felt. Um, it's okay
0: to go dormant for a it while. It is once in a while. Did we're out here in Las Vegas, and it's 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 so typical of modern society. Uh, we live in the same town. Yes. And we can't catch up unless we're in Las Vegas on a podcast. Right. Exactly. We're um, very modern men here. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> now I consider you uh, I consider you a, a a mentor for sure, a a a lamppost on the path ahead. Wow. Um you uh you like sit up top, you do a lot of wonderful things and things that I do as well and mm-hmm. I think we're were similar. I might have been the the not not the son you never had, but at least the uh, no. Third, I used to I describe cousin. I used to describe you as the son I never wanted. <laughs> That's what the difference was. That's perfect. <laughs> Glad to make you proud too. Too yes. Exactly. Um, so it's good good to have you out here. You're a yeah. renaissance man, and you just as of this recording today. This will yes. be released a couple of weeks from now. But as of this recording today, thirty seventh wedding anniversary. Thirty seven
1: years of uh, of marriage, and actually, if you include the five years we dated before. It's like forty-one years or whatever, and I—I I, I always joke that I said the last time that I was single, Mash was still on the air. That's how long ago it is. <laughs> yeah. So how does that—how does that feel at this point? <sighs> Boy, you know, it's really weird. Time goes so fast; it feels yeah. like I—I I, I say it's like in the blink of an eye. And you know, one of the things I did this past week during uh, on Facebook yeah. was to pull really, really old photos and and, and kind of like tell mm-hmm. the story over like a, a seven day span mm-hmm. and I to. it just feels like it was yesterday to me mm. and it's so weird to look at them and you know I, I get up in the morning sometimes I go in you know you turn Thank the light God on you do. yes you turn on the light in the bathroom you go ah well, why <laughs> did somebody put a picture of Nick Nolte's uh, arrest <laughs> photo I'm like oh that's me that's not uh, you know <laughs> But uh, see, I, my curse also is I'm married to a woman who yeah. looks very young, who's actually right, yeah. older than I am, and oh, really? looks twenty years yeah. younger. She's one year older than I am, yeah. and I and I, I joke about with other. And, and this is another one of what my curses. Some, yeah. some of the other people I hang around with, the producers, the stories, on whatever, they all look amazing. And yeah. you know, uh, uh, Vandal Drummond, Kurt Brown, our yeah. our friend, uh, looks very very young. Oh, and, yeah. You know, everybody's going, oh, you, look, you they look, they look so young, they look so young, and and they go, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I said, and I, I you know, it's really, everybody else is, still looks young, and and I look like the old prospector of painting for gold at Knott's Berry Farm. Well, it's That's that it, uh, the
0: white beard doesn't help. I'm a couple weeks away from a full white beard. I think. Yeah, itself, exactly.
1: So. I, I and I'm also developing the Dunesbury eyes, which is something that I think I need to have uh, raised some money on GoFundMe or whatever <laughs> to uh, fix my eyes. Uh,
0: how, you, you know. I, I heard one said, it, it, look, I, I just, I, last year was so funny. I, I crossed that 40 plateau and you, mm-hmm. would, you would send me a message of, oh, young fool, <laughs> only now at the end <laughs> do you learn. Um, you, you've crossed the 60 barrier, which yes, we can I say did. proudly. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I love about you is that you've changed my definition of that age mm-hmm. where, you know, you can work an iPad and yep. uh, <laughs> all those things. But you're still pursuing the things you love. Yeah. You, you will never, you'll never let that die. No. Uh, you're, you're an artist to the end, a poet to the end. Mm-hmm. uh and a storyteller to the end well you know they talk
1: about um uh, the great um opera singers the, yeah. the paparatis all those guys um they still took voice lessons on the weekends mm. and there's a phrase i don't know isn't it in italian uh, which translates to eternal student and right. that's kind of the way that right. i feel i never want to stop learning first of all you know it's it's bad for your brain right. to stop doing that stuff. Right. I want to learn languages. I want to learn how to do new things. I want to research things. I want to do all those things. I have no intention of retiring ever mm. Uh, you know, and that's one of the nice things about writing. As long as you have your your, your capabilities or whatever, yeah. you can write as long as you want to. You okay. know, and it's it is really weird for me because in my mind, I'm still like 35 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I start to run, and then I realize I'm not 35 years old <laughs> anymore. And I I just, I just recently decided running was something that uh, that I'm done with. It's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> clap you clap
0: know? your hand. I'm good, no, sir. That's, but, that's yeah. There's uh, that saying of you know, inside every uh, old person is young. Person going, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the rub. I mean, I joke, turned forty. I, I, I get it, it's not old in the greatest scheme yeah. of things, but I do feel like it just well, it's no, a blink of an eye. I Feel twenty two.
1: It is. A, is a blink in an eye, and it 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 really. Um, it's really it's really strange because you know. I Also, there's there's that great um, um, William H. Macy uh, quote about uh, mm-hmm. in my mind when I look in the mirror, the world sees. Tom Cruise, but in mm-hmm. reality, when the world looks in the mirror, they see Howdy Doody. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm, like I said, I still have brown hair. Or everything's yeah. going fine that way. But it changes. And you know what? The best thing you can do is this is the one thing that, that age has given me. And mm-hmm. I truthfully felt I didn't become a good writer or even become good at anything that I was doing until after I turned 40. What, why, why is that? Um, I, I wasn't old enough. I hadn't hadn't been kicked around the block two or three times. I hadn't had all these things happen. Um, You know, when you're young, you know, you're in your 20s, you think, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. By the time I'm 30, I'm going to do this. Boom. And then in your 30s, you start to say, something's not quite right. Something's not maybe following the road that I thought it would. It's Mm -hmm. leading someplace else. And then, you know, by the time you get to your 40s, you you quote, a, a, a rock group that's older than I am, the Rolling Stones, and that is, I may not get what I want, but I'm going to get what I need, right? And and that's the way I look at it, and I think. Once also you start to let go of stuff and say, mm. all right, maybe maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe I'm not going to be, play right field for the Baltimore Orioles. But it doesn't mean that other things can't happen. Right. And sometimes, you know, life takes strange roads and you head on down there and you have no idea. Uh, the
0: story salon thing was something for the, for me, right. I, I've been doing that 17 years now. And, and explain to those, and I think we mentioned some of the last stuff mm-hmm. you're on, the, the story salon it's a storytelling group and slow, uh, show mm-hmm. in uh, the North Hollywood area. Yeah. City, yeah. actually in Valley Village. It's it's oh, where we yeah, are now.
1: Right. Uh, we we <laughs> <That's> moved. The uh, <laughs> rare, rarefied air. RC Fartsy Valley Village. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, uh, what happened uh, there was I had done stand up for many years, and I, mm-hmm. I touched on this last time I was mm-hmm. here, and wanted to stretch a different muscle. Yeah. And said, okay, I can I can make people laugh, kinda. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to see if um, if I can tell a story and 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 use long silences maybe Mm -hmm. for effect or dramatic things or do different stuff. Wandered in there, uh, wound up um, being asked by Beverly Mickens, who was the founder of it, who I knew from doing stand-up, if I wanted to help her produce. Um, I produce the show very similar to the way you've seen me do wrestling shows, oh, which yeah. endears me and doesn't endear me <laughs> to people uh, because I, you know, I, take it, I take it seriously. I mean, yeah. here's the thing is it's, people are paying money to come in and see it, so I think you should put on a show uh, right, and right. put on something that entertains people. But uh, I, do, I do take that kind of stuff seriously, yeah. and I can joke about it, and you've seen me on, on both sides of the fence on that. I've yeah. made fun of some things, and some things I have to, to crack whip uh, yeah. on. you know. And uh, with Story Salon... What's really helped me, and, and when you said in the very beginning that I've been sort of a mentor to you, uh-huh. um, I, I've, I've gotten that from a lot of people, and that makes me really, really happy because yeah. one of the things, like I said, as you get older, you realize you're not going to get everything you want, and I mm. have basically... um I was listening. I was working a graveyard shift the other night. I was listening to the uh, podcast that you did, where you're talking about the things you liked and didn't like about being a writer. And the one oh, yeah. thing that was fascinating to me um, was, and I remember this this feeling well. Yeah. This sense of urgency of I, mm-hmm. I've got to do it now. I got to get. I've got. To, I've got to do this now. I've got to reach it now. And I've over the last five or six years come to the, the, the realization that maybe. Something like that big may not happen, but at the same time, what's supposed to happen is going to happen. And Mm. if I've been able to, uh, as cliche as it sounds, inspire people to, to do things or go on, I mean... Um, You know, I, I enjoy doing that, uh, yeah. you know, and and to me, that's leaving something behind, even if it's not always your writing, but it's leaving right. something behind and something that someone passes down to the next people. Do you,
0: do, know? Do you, you talk about it's easy, easier said than done of, hey, you know, I've I got to accept some things aren't going to happen. Yeah, right field for the Orioles, just like I'm, not, I'm never going to catch for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced finally now I'm 41 older than most managers in baseball mm-hmm. uh, that but. As life changes, and we talk about, hey, life t- takes you down paths and everything. How do you, how do you actually, on a functional level, start to accept those things? Because it's hard. Sometimes it's
1: really, really hard. I was very, very lucky, and mm-hmm. that is, as my mother used to say to me, when God gave out patience, she, he gave you. Two doses of it, right. and I am a very patient man. On the other hand, you beware the fury of a patient <laughs> man. Eventually, uh, yes. But yes. Uh, I can, you know, I can sit through a lot of things, and I right. can, and, and I have no problem doing that. And it's just one of those things that um, that it comes with time, mm. and there are these coming asunder lightning bolt moments mm. where you go, huh? Well. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes in these situations, like with pro wrestling when I've done that, um, I'm I'm fully willing at this point that if, if I never involved physically in, in doing anything with a show or whatever, mm-hmm. again, I'm okay with it. Right. In many cases, people you know, who work shows independently, um, you
0: don't retire. They just don't call you anymore. <laughs> uh, that's what happens. Yeah, wrestling and comedy. Well, yeah. more wrestling well, than comedy. You can always do a microphone, uh, get a microphone and do a set. You, can, you
1: can always do that. And, yeah. you know, you can always write and do yeah. that kind of stuff. But I found it, it's so interesting because people say to me, oh, my God, you know, you work in storytelling, you've done stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. you write Acting, and yeah. rattling all this kind of stuff, and I said, "But they all are alike. They yeah. really all are alike. They have threads that run through them right. um, that that help you." And I think without having this wide, um, you know, uh, fishing net that I've cast out, without right. having that, I wouldn't be able to accept certain things. Right. Um, you do just have to finally just. Um, you know, to sit there uh, and uh, it's, like, it's like the uh, Alanis Morissette's uh, video, Ironic, mm-hmm. you know, where she's sitting on the plane she's just like shaking her head like, can you believe this? Right, and right, that's right. kind of what you wind up <laughs> doing at some point. I can't believe this, but that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and also, I think you have to be open to change. Change is is really hard for a lot of people yeah, to do. Um, there was a great quote on Mad Men many years ago. It said, "Change is neither good nor bad; it just is." Mm-hmm. And if you can accept it that way and do that, because you never know. Um, I have a friend who uh, recently was going through a, a real rough spot uh, mm-hmm. with his life, and had uh, it was a little bit young, a little bit younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Saw a lot of things happen. Um, and there's that that horrible thing, you know, and he felt really bad about this. He was seeing good things happen for friends and there was yes, that twinge yeah. that you yeah, get, you know, oh, my God, you know, can, you know, it, it's good I, for I, them. Good for threw, them. teeth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, and, and, and he said, I just finally through that realized, okay, it's not going to happen and I right. need to start moving in a different direction. And out of the blue, something happened, hmm. threw him back in that direction And now he's making a lot of money and doing some really good and interesting stuff. So it happens that way. Um, You know, one of the things is now that, um, as Roberto Rodriguez would say, now that we've taken, we we snatched away this power with uh, with writing and self publishing and Mm -hmm. podcasting and everything away from from our corporate underlord masters. You know, and the gatekeepers. We do have a chance to older and do things longer. I mean. Uh, you know, writing, especially in television, is a very young man's game. Right? You know, I basically could have had two careers at yeah. my age at that point by the time right. they started looking at it. But with all the different niche type stuff they're doing, whether it's certain channels and all this kind of stuff, um, they're going to be looking f- for writers of, of different backgrounds and right. different, you know, different things like that. So you're going to wind up in that area. So I, th- I think that... As an artist, now is a really good time. Yeah, to be an artist, you know, and people go out and they start their own right. series. They start their own stations. They start. They they take this kind of stuff and it goes with it. And and some yeah. things work and some things don't. But you know, all the best thing to do is to keep throwing stuff out. One of my favorite quotes is from this movie called Gumball Rally.
0: Sure, that's you a remember, movie. Remember Gumball Rally? Oh, Absolutely. And got there's the a
1: great scene in the very beginning where uh, Roland Julie is g- getting into the sports car. Mm-hmm. The first thing he does is he rips off the rearview mirror and he throws it over into the back seat. Mm-hmm. And he says, "The first rule of Italian driving: what's behind you is not important." Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you got to break off that rearview mirror and yeah. go, "Okay, that's behind me. Uh, that's not going to do me any good, but I can I can keep going forward." Yeah, you know,
0: a lot of I think that depression is is, is living in the past. It's yeah, fear I mean, of the past almost. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Yeah. It really is very, very
1: hard. I can mm. sit here and tell you all these things you should do, but the fact of the matter is yeah. you're just going to have to go through them and experience them and right. see what. And every once in a while maybe you'll hear my voice like like Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> in the background. Or, you know, I plan on doing stories a lot. I joke with the other producers that what's going to happen is in like 25, 30 years it'll just be holograms of us like in <laughs> Superman <laughs> yeah, 2 exactly. just sitting
0: there saying, good evening, uh, yeah. you know, and doing that. How do you uh, how do you deal uh, as, as you get older, uh, mm. how do you deal with the the, the Concept of, of regret of anything in your career, close chances that might have uh, you might have missed. You, you know, writing chances. I yeah. sometimes look back if I had that old if I had done thing, which is, is one of the hardest things to, mm-hmm. to let go of. Uh, close calls. Boy, to- close calls. It, it's, it really is tough, but you know, at
1: some point you just have to, have to, have mm-hmm. to let go. Yeah. And it's not it's not something we want to do. But here's when you let when you let go of it. You know, it, it starts to fade away. It becomes an, an ancient memory, and yeah. I've. I'm, I've been uh, luckily, I'm lucky enough pretty pretty good at, at letting things go and not letting things bother me and that's something I had to work on for a while mm. um, because i I didn't want to be I knew it was bad for me physically and mentally mm-hmm. to be and we know people we all yeah and you know, I both know people who yeah. get so geared up who get so upset and so yeah. irritated and excitable over certain things that literally it's like a Warner Brothers cartoon you see steam coming out of their ears you know yeah uh, you know their eyes flip up and down like you know the, the old Uh, things like that you know that that happens all the time but you just have to kind of let go yeah you know and it's hard it's really really hard a little therapy never hurts sure you know i i went into therapy and i wasn't really particularly you know didn't want to particularly go into it but both my parents were dying at the same time Mm -hmm. and they both were dying of alzheimer's so Mm -hmm. um as uh you know as i learned about them they were forgetting you know Mm. things were going father had Alzheimer's for 17 years oh wow Um, my mother had it for 5 years and they both had Mm. it at the same time Mm. and I saw people come out of the woodwork and try to take advantage of them and try to do all this other stuff and I've always one of the things I always say to my wife on a regular basis is somebody has to be the adult in the room (laughs) And it's not always fun to do. Said often in wrestling locker rooms. Mm-hmm, exactly, and uh, sometimes, uh, as I told, as I taught you and Joe one time, is if mm-hmm. you yell at people, they don't come around and bother you, even <laughs> if you don't mean it. You know, you just you just do that once in a while. So, but see, that's that's the yeah. whole thing too. These are you know with the wrestling guys, mm-hmm. like comedians, yeah. like anybody. – and I, I will admit that in the different portions of my life and everything, yeah. I, I react differently to stuff. Sure. I am very uh, very open and very helpful with, with writing people. With comedians, a little tougher because right. they have a tendency to, to be a little annoying at times. Yeah. I know that's hard for you to believe, Harsh. but it's true. Um, Harsh with, reality. with the wrestling guys, yeah. they're mostly kids. They mm-hmm. they don't really have any idea of what they need to do. And I feel like enough people are blowing smoke up their butts yeah. already without me doing it, right. I will tell you what I need i t- will tell you what I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I will tell you what I want, you know, and I want you to do that, and if mm-hmm. you don 't do it, then i don 't feel real trustful about using you in the future
0: right and so i 'm much harder with people wrestling wise than mm-hmm. than I am with people in other parts of my right. life. Al, uh, you've been in a lot of these different fields, uh, comedians, and, and, and I love your stories of going to the comedy store in the 70s, uh, and wrestling, and you've seen some, you've seen some legends be built uh, mm-hmm. before you. What do what the successful ones have that you've always admired and try to apply to your own? Versatility. I mean, the fact is, if you tell them to go left, they go left. you tell
1: them to go right, they can go right. They can do anything they want to. They don't. They don't. You know, they talk about brands these days, and I think that oh, is it's yeah. very important. I mean, sure, this is you kids and your and, you, and, and your, your buzzwords. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, get off my uh, branding. <laughs> they all want to go that way, and that's yeah. uh, really that's good. I mean, and that is good. But I also think you you need to be versatile. As Chris Rock always says, you know, in in stand up comedy. Um, you know the basket always counts for X amount of points, mm-hmm. but the fact is that there's 40 different ways to get that to to, to, to get that it. basket, yeah. and that's that's what it is. And so you have to be able to to all of a sudden say. Yeah. I'm going to switch to the right or switch to the left. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do this, and and that's what you have to do. And if you can't be versatile enough to do that, then you're going to have a problem because you become so structured, so rigid at that point. Right. That uh, you know. And we've talked about things, and I'm I'm not saying anything. You've been very open and honest about your stuff in life. Um, Sometimes it's really hard to let go of it, and you've been pushing towards something for a long period of time, and all of a sudden you hit a brick wall. Yeah. and you know the hardest thing is to pick yourself up and brush yourself off and say well right.
0: then I need to go this way for a while easier you know? easier said on a bumper sticker yeah mm-hmm. always, always
1: always that way
0: yeah talk About some fun stuff, you're a great. Yeah, this
1: is very serious. Yes. I'm sorry, I know. <laughs> no, 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 this
0: is, this is also what I need. This is okay. also what I like uh, having you around for. Um, but uh, this is, you're a great storyteller, thank you. Um, if anyone out there listening can't pick up on that already, and you started so you started storytelling at that higher level late mid late 40s. Yeah, is well, that what I'm actually,
1: I, I wanted to be a writer since I was five years old, sure, and I think it was because um, for some reason when I was in fifth grade, um, I started writing little sketches, and mm. my teachers would let me produce and direct them, put them up on stage okay. and whatever. And by the time I got to college, that's what I wanted to do. I mm. wanted to write. I wanted to, to do that. Uh, and like in anything else with writing, I've done technical writing. I've done script writing, novel right. writing. I've done all different types of writing, which mm-hmm. you have to be versatile enough there to do. But um, I, I write stories. And then you know the, the whole thing What happens is then you read it later and you go, oh, this is crap, and yeah. you're it up and throw in the ground. yeah. yeah. But as I got older and I mellowed a little bit, I was able to look at things differently. Uh, I have never been afraid Mm -hmm. in a story on stage or whatever to make fun of myself. Right. Uh, I think it's very important to be able to do that. Because first of all, you don't run into trouble because if you're making fun of yourself, (laughs) no one gets offended.
0: On on, on the Schmoes No News segments, it's – I, get a re- I have a reputation, justifiably for being a very, very self-loathing person, but I will say, uh, exclusive knapsack files and news here, I do that more often than not in this day and age to protect myself yes. from making a joke that'll get me uh, twi- mm-hmm. Twitter hung. Oh, yeah. And I've done it in real life, too. Yeah. I, I have, I've I been very open to just saying whatever I feel,
1: mm-hmm. which is an, a good thing in a way And when you're older. Trust me, they'll allow you to do that more <laughs> often.
0: Are <laughs> you the crazy old man on the ground? Yeah, corner. exactly. You yeah. Know, they'll, they'll allow you to do that oh, more often. Oh, that's just Dad screaming.
1: But every once in a while, you just have to say no, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my lip on this yeah. one. You know, especially with with bosses and, and work situations and things right. like that, uh, you you have to do that. But I think as as I got older, I started to understand things and I started mm. to see things, and I think it it lent a richness to my writing and, and my performing mm. that. Um, and also, I, I love to take chances on stuff. I mean, yeah. I came up with things we do at Story Salon, like for example. Um, that we do this every once in a while. This scares the hell out of people, and that is um, they don't know what they're going to talk about until I introduce them. So I'll like yeah. that to say, ladies and gentlemen, Ken Knapsack, will now tell you why he loves baseball, right. and then boom, you have five minutes to start doing it. I always tell people, don't just you know, start talking. Let's see mm-hmm. how the wheels turn. You know, yeah. We had a guy one time, we did that with a football, and he just started going, he goes, you know, A football is something I really don't like, and it's because it goes back to, and it took him on on the journey. Yeah. And that is always... uh, I I love that comedy show called Set List, Uh where you don't know your set list for your jokes until you walk on stage. They hand it to you, and it
0: has... Oh, oh, where's, that, where's that at? it's um, yeah. all over the place. I've seen gotcha. it in several different places. Oh, okay. But I, but that's the kind of thing when I see that. That I might be the only stand up would be willing to do now.
1: I, that's what I said. I would say I want to do that. Yeah. I, I want to do that. See, that's tough also because I watched guys like George Carlin yeah. go from, you know, uh, young hippie or whatever to to old sage and, and you watched how he changed his character from right the hippy-dippy weatherman into becoming the the grouchy old man standing on the porch, uh, El Gran Torino, shaking his fist at you. And that's a wise thing to do because, you know, if he stayed the same character that he did before, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to make the adjustments. And I found as I was getting older, just in general with myself and with everything else I was doing, when I do stand up, I Mm -hmm. have to approach it differently. I can't come out and, and, you know, and do stuff that... Ralphie May or any of these other guys would do right. because it doesn't work for me. Right. And one of the reasons why I stopped doing stand-up was I used to do a sad, sack character. Mm. And I got frustrated. Because, That's why you're my mentor. Yeah. <laughs> I got frustrated because of the fact that I no longer felt that way. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, I,
0: I didn't have to be mm. the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. But I like to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know. A nice, comfortable... Mm-hmm. Uh, middle. and then you turn again to the, to this specific art of storytelling yeah. uh, which uh, I only had the chance to really do the one time with you and then mm-hmm. I got hired uh, as a Schmoes producer in 2012 mm-hmm. <laughs> and life changed um, and now I'm back to broadcasting on Wednesday nights with Schmoes but it is it is on my 2017 goals list to yes. tell a story again mm-hmm. with you. It's a fascinating art form. Yeah. It is way more to me, uh, and I say this out of respect to all the comics I know and love and my 10 years in stand-up mm-hmm. comedy, that storytelling is way more of a potentially fulfilling performance for me you know it's it's
1: really hard
0: for a lot of comics when
1: they come in mm-hmm. to do it at first because there's a there's a chance they're going to slip back a little bit into stand-up to the yucks uh, their show was originally called before a story it was called anything but stand-up which is great which the whole idea was to, to try to dissuade people from doing that because so many people are in the stand-up comedy relocation program on, <laughs> on our show uh, and uh, what you would do is you would uh, they would do it and And sometimes people say to me, oh, it's it's, it's no good. It's no good. Yeah, yeah. And I said, why? And then they said, they're not... I said they're not laughing at you because they don't have to laugh. They're not programmed. But they come to the show yeah. to laugh at everything. Right. So don't go for the the easy stuff. You know. Mm. Uh, I always say I admire somebody that it gets up the first or second time and they tell some deep, very serious story. And yeah. and some people were horrified when I did this one time. I said to somebody, I said, "You did a great job." And I said, "I can't believe your first time up, you played the dead father card." <laughs> And they were like, oh, my God. I said, no. I said, I'm telling them that usually people come up and they start talking about their, their childhood dog and, <laughs> and how the first time I fell in love. And they ease into this thing. But somebody came up yeah. and, you know, one one person got up one time and told a story about taking a bath and there was gunfire in the next apartment that broke through the, the bathroom in the wall or whatever.
0: You know, right. that kind of stuff, you know. I, I remember my story. Uh, you came up to me and you're like, great job. you, you really well-timed. Uh, well, timing on the playing the suicide card. Yeah.
1: You've got to play that Tip, thing, tip you know. of a cat Well, like,
0: I saw there was a, a
1: storyteller recently that told uh, a Great story, this heartrending story about a, a, mm-hmm. a dying pet, and you go in there and you know what you mm-hmm. need at some point when you do something heavy is you need that release laugh. You need yeah. some way to let the audience take a breath. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they went through this whole thing, and because the performer is Korean, mm-hmm. at the end of it the, they said, you know, the dog passed away, and took a long pause and then said, uh, it was delicious, <laughs> and I got the best release laugh I've yeah. ever seen. And yeah. we knew it wasn't real. We knew yeah. it wasn't a like yeah. playing with the the whole. Stereotype and whatever, yeah. and do that. But it gave because you see people sometimes in the audience, and you know, yeah. people start telling stories and they lean forward, and they yeah, lean yeah. forward, you know, and they gets uncomfortable, you know, taking a yeah. deep breath, you know, like that. And you need to do that with mm-hmm. people, and that's always helped. You know, I've hosted the theme night that we do once a month. We yeah. vote on themes and do that. I've hosted that show for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've had one of the longest running MC things, and yeah. I feel like I'm pretty. I I can feel that mm-hmm. I can read an audience really really well. Yeah, I used to get the people that get would get worse. That they were, they said, I'm not doing well. And I said, Why? And they said, You never looked at me. I said, I sometimes won't look at people because I want to hear. I want mm. to hear the music you're playing. I don't yeah, want yeah. to see, because oftentimes, you know, you can do little tricks on stage, little winks and little yeah. like that kind of, which will, mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. move the story in the progression. I don't want to do that. I really like to take long, uncomfortable pauses, sometimes yeah. with serious stories. And also, I'd like to tell three or four funny stories, and then maybe one or two, you know, kind of uh, snarky stories, and then all of a sudden, throw a, a, a curve at them and, and do something really, really serious. Right. That's the... That's the, the chance that you have when you do something like Story Salon or The Moth or any mm-hmm. of the other shows around. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of our people have gone off and at The Moth and done mm-hmm. other things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it's a real challenge. It's something that um, – but it's something that if you do it, I've watched people get up and hit it right out two or three weeks after starting. I've seen people, I've seen people come to the show for a year before mm-hmm. they get up. Right, you know, and, and checking it out, checking it out because they they feel comfortable. And I, I, truthfully, that's what I usually do. I like mm-hmm. to, I like to. Um, if you believe the zodiac or whatever, I'm a Capricorn, and Capricorns move very slowly and steadily. Right, and I right. like I like
0: to kind of take a look around before I I jump into things. You know, before you get there, how do you uh, set out to craft a story? Uh, what are, you mentioned some of the, the science of it, and I know uh-huh. there's a certain science of it. Uh, what's your skills if I'm a newcomer?
1: Well, what I say to you is I, I say what. If I asked you right now, take a piece of paper and mm-hmm. write down um, the things that you want to talk about, things right. in your life that you want to talk about. Um, and then I said the most important thing, it seems it seems really, really simple, is the beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one – there's a big difference between the story and um, a rant. Right. You know. And what you need is you... I always like to know my beginning, where I'm going to start, mm-hmm. and uh, the ending, of course, is very important. W- at what point do you get off and how do you finish? But also, I'm, firm, I'm a big believer of what I always call the tent pole in the middle. Mm-hmm. You need something in the middle that supports it. So, like, if I talk to people who are, are putting together a one-person show with four or five stories, I say, what's your tent pole story? What's the story that holds this whole thing up halfway through? Right. You know? And that's what you look for. You know, so... Um, and, and we have some people their stories that go long because we're only talking about eight minutes. We're not talking about right, a right, long, right. long time. And you know, you can always bring the second half of a story back, mm-hmm. but you need to find you need to find your voice as, the, as you do in comedy or as you do in anything what you want to talk about, mm-hmm. and then uh, realize that voice may change as you right. as you go through. Uh, but you know, you got to find uh, you got to find that tenpole in, in the middle of your story
0: that. Makes you follow through to the end. What was what was the easier one to find your voice in? Finding a voice is difficult. Storytelling, stand up. Did one one of the same? I would say storytelling came later. Up, so
1: stand up was a little bit harder for me yeah. uh, because I never really considered myself to be completely successful at stand up.
0: Yeah, me, um, me, me too. I know what I you
1: mean. I love stand up. I love watching stand up, and I love to put right. you know put it up on the rack and take a look at and see what works. And I and I'm really good. I worked really well with other comics. I think really truly where I would belong in that situation. Mm-hmm. And some of the most fun I had was with six or seven comics. Um, that I worked with we we, we would sit around in a room and pitch things around and I was always found it easier to write for other people than I did for myself because also I was again I was into doing a, a character and doing something that was feeling less and less like me but also, I didn't want it to be just another one of those snarky guys that get up and says, you know what I hate about people? Because uh, I think there's there's too much of that at, yeah. to some extent. So I never had any trouble running myself down, but I also felt trapped. I basically mm-hmm. boxed myself in and, mm-hmm. and wasn't had any way to get out of it. And, um, you know, I, I felt that uh, storytelling helps actually a lot of the stand-up comics who come in because mm-hmm. what they do is they find that if they can introduce some of storytelling-type stuff into Their comedy. One of the things I was really good at when I was doing stand up was I do rapid fire stuff: boom, Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. And that was great, but you know it's great if you're doing a five minute set. Five minute set. Yeah, yeah. Do longer than that. Yeah. Um, You know, I had a a joke I used to uh, to tell about. uh, I, I you know the softer side of Sears, because that was on their ads for a long time, I said right. until you don 't pay your bill and then you don 't see the softer side of Sears, you see the ass kicking side of Sears right, and that came from obviously you know having trouble paying the bill for a long time <laughs> and doing that. And what happened was that that joke was fine, Mm -hmm. but there was more to that. So when I could do storytelling, I could kind of fill in the circles and stuff and color outside the lines and and make that work. And then it becomes even a better or even funnier story
0: um,
1: because of that. And, and, you know, like with everything in life, there's there's serious parts of it and there's – not-so-serious parts of it, and you know, it's really hard, And but if you look at stand-up comedy, the ones, the people that really, in most cases, are doing really, really well, mm-hmm. are, most stand-up comedy today really is storytelling. It's yeah. long, you know, storytelling. I watched this um, Netflix special called Three Mics with Neil Brennan, mm. and it just blew me away because what he did was he had three mics set up on the stage, and he would come out, and he used to, he used to write with Dave Chappelle, and mm-hmm. he and he would do these one-liners real quick, whatever, and then like for about five minutes and then the light would go off and he would walk over to the other side of the, the stage and he would uh, do a little longer form stand up about stuff and whatever and then when he finished he went to the center mic and he told the story behind that and he I talked about being being one of 10 children and, and having a, a, a horrible father and all these things and then you started to see where the first two yeah. sections came oh, from that's fascinating and I was just blown away by that. I mean, mm. I, I not I, that, That's the kind of thing you see, and you go, "Okay, I want to work harder." Yeah, you know, that's where you can take competition and say, "I'm jealous of that guy," or you can say, "I want to take this and I want to work
0: harder to be like him." Spurns you on, yeah, spurns you on. I find too with storytelling. Uh, obviously, it's it's like say the book version of a movie. You're yeah. going to have more time, and I think you can celebrate more in mm-hmm. storytelling with stand-up. Comedy does not seem to work in short chunks where you're happy. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the story about Sam Kinison. They always joke about
1: Sam Kinison when Sam Sam Kinison was on stage in the very beginning when you saw him mm-hmm. in those HBO specials whatever. Right. This was a man in horrible, horrible mm-hmm. pain. And then all of a sudden, there's hookers, there's Playboy bunnies, yeah. there's drugs, there's alcohol and stuff. And the edge felt gone. The edge felt it was, it was yeah. gone because he wasn't really suffering
0: anymore. He was having yeah. the time of his life. It, you know, it's at it's the point. rock band thing. It's the first album is about the climb to success, and uh-huh. the second one is being bored and trapped by success. <laughs> and that album comes years later. Yeah. Um, you, at, at this point, and by point I'm saying at an older age in a creative environment, yeah. um, do you still set concrete goals do you still have i mean only you have a, your book you're working on yeah, you have...
1: i i said i said goals but i i feel like at this point and mm-hmm. and you know again i don't want to uh, I, I don't want people to say oh, I, I, God, I can't listen to that old man talk anymore about this but um, <laughs> uh, first of all I, i'm 61 i don't consider myself to be old i well, like really said, you, don't you
0: you you have redefined that for me in terms yeah, of just your i mean you know. um uh, it isn't old
1: anymore. I yeah. set I set concrete goals with cracks in them. Oh,
0: okay, that that's is,
1: interesting. Uh, I set a goal, and I'm really serious. About, I'm going to do this and complete that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's kind of like. Um, uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I, I put something in the Death Star to make sure that if, if it's not working right, I can blow it up and move on. Uh, you know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of and that's kind of what you do. So you do that because I think it's wonderful to have concrete goals, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's completely realistic. And I think that you're basically winding up you'll you'll wind up going outside and just banging your head against the wall. Yeah. I mean, I, as a little kid, I never forgot this. This we were Atlantic City, New Jersey, on the boardwalk, and this mother. Um, was with this little kid and the little kid wanted something and Mm. um, the mother wouldn't give it to him and the kid dropped down to his knees and started to pull himself along the boardwalk and slammed his head down with each time he pulled along and everybody was standing there horrified and somebody said something the mother said oh he does that all the time he'll eventually stop (laughs) and that's kind of what I think when people wind up doing you can drag yourself along the boardwalk and bang your head all you want to but you know all you're going to do is knock yourself out eventually so you need to be you know you need to be open you need to, to be able to to, to go either way. Um, con- uh, concrete goals are wonderful. Yeah. I, I think start out with that, but just you realize that nothing is written in stone anymore.
0: Yeah, days. I mean, I, for me, as, a, as an observer, ob- observer, uh, observer, As observer of of uh, of your life, and just knowing, um, you know, the, this creative pursuit, which I hope never dies for any of us, you mm-hmm. know, it goes to the it goes to the end. And, and our definition of success changes. I've already seen some of that go yeah. through. Where, mm-hmm. where you know, my twenties, I was like, I, if I'm not on Saturday Night Live, I'm just going to die. And, yeah, you know that, yeah. and then you deal with that. Uh, I, I am I am fascinated, and and, and eyes on you for looking of how do, you, how do you deal with it? At 60, you still have a story to tell. Where do you go tell it? How do you do it? And you're right, it's easier now. Mm-hmm. Definitely harder years ago. Yeah, and they, exactly. they put you out the pasture and be like, who's that old guy in the back of the belly room at the mm-hmm. comedy store? You well, know? 100 years ago... Um I'd probably be dead by now just True, because of yeah. the way
1: the things that have changed. I mean, you yeah. see people live on. I had a great-grandmother, great-grandmother who lived to be 100 years old. Mm. Uh, you know that, And uh, to show you where my sense of humor comes from, they sent a uh, newspaper reporter out to talk to her a couple of days before her birthday. Mm. And they said, how does it feel to be 100? And my grandmother said, my grandmother said come back in two days when I'm 100 and I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh so that basically sets up my entire family at yeah. that point come, come from a long line of smart asses, is yeah, what it yeah. comes down to uh yeah i mean it's it's yeah. just just plain and simple you yeah. just have to you know it um you know and and I understand you know listening to your question, I hear the same thing from from sure. younger friends all the time, yeah, yeah, and you know you understand what i'm saying. Yeah. And, you, and you know that it, there's a lot of stuff in there that, that's probably true, true in your yeah. life. Oh, but there's a, I, I guarantee you there's a little portion in Ken yeah. right now. It's yeah. the I don't know if I can do that <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> from the time that I've known you. Yeah, I mean, that's kind yeah. of what it is. And that's natural. You know, I work with a lot of old men. Yeah. I work with guys that are my age that feel mm-hmm. like they're 150. Yeah, yeah. You know, they still, I why should I get a smartphone? I have a flip phone. The flip phone works perfectly <laughs> fine. You know, yeah. this smartphone doesn't work. Well, because you you're not pushing it right and doing the No, no yeah, there's yeah. something wrong with this phone. It's no good. You yeah. know, and, you know, th- there was a situation where I took a job, and I mm-hmm. won't go into great details mm-hmm. in case they're listening and have me killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I took a job, something that was foreign to me and that I didn't want to do. Do. right um and suddenly you know there was some frustration as you well know with this kind of job yeah. and then all of a sudden out of nowhere i said there's a story in here there's a mm. lot of stories and i started writing things on facebook and i started getting feedback from people yeah and i said you know this could be a book this could be a screenplay this could be a TV series. and I've actually outlined all three of them and they're all three different. How I would oh, really? do it as, a, as a, a book, how I'm doing it as a book and how I'm doing it, uh, uh, how I would do it as a screenplay and mm-hmm. how I would do it as a TV series, completely different. It's amazing because you look at it, you go okay. This lends itself to a movie, but this doesn't lend itself to right, a TV right, right. series, you know, because you know if you're going to go on for, and I like the the British way of doing twelve for like three yeah, or four years series, and that's yeah, it yeah, and you're yeah, out, out. You know, yeah. you can lay it out that way, yeah, uh, because you run into that same problem. There's a great episode of, of episodes with um, the the Showtime series, mm-hmm. with Matt LeBlanc, where they were trying to adapt this English series to an American series, and yep. they wanted one of the characters to fall in love with the girl, and he goes, but no, we don't do it, because what do you do? Like fourteen episodes tops. He goes, "This is American TV. If we run three or four years, we're going to do over a hundred episodes. Trust me, we're going to need to have that out of right. two characters falling in love with each other." You yeah, know? And, and that's kind of what it is. You find out there's mm-hmm. different things that that need to be dealt with, and that carries over too. You find in in life that you have certain problems and you go well maybe this is how this problem is handled as a book or this that this way you break them down in different ways you always you know plan B and C are always very important and if you don't mm. have plan B and C invent D that's why I always say you know you always <laughs> call the audible call the audible you know because you you never know and yeah. and, and, and I just don't want to wind up frustrated I've been frustrated enough in my life yeah I don't need it at this point you know mm. Uh, mm. like I said I looked at my parents who worked all their life to get to their golden age where they could yep. retire and have a good time. And then you know what? Didn't Done. work. Uh, you know, it didn't yep. it didn't happen.
0: So yeah. my feeling is have a good time now, but be smart. Right. You know. Right. And then and then look, you, you, yeah, maybe you're setting uh, concrete goals with cracks, but you, you you entered a job you didn't like and now you might have a great story to tell well, in, a, that's in, a, in the, the a next whole chapter. Idea. That's the whole idea. And that's
1: the way the best thing mm-hmm. I think is about being a writer, mm-hmm. is you sit there and you had this happen and you go. Mm. This is a great story, and I can write this story. I know this story and and this is what 's happening behind it this is my frustration is channeling itself this way mm-hmm. uh, you know and and you have this stuff lined up, and you see. In, I, the way I always work in my head I'm sure you do too you see little scenes little vignettes little yeah. little clips the the talk show movie clip that you mm-hmm. always see or the the award ceremony clip they always show you see those in your head you can start to form them yeah and and you learn from that uh, and and yeah. that's what really works for me is I do what I call an exorcism draft first. Oh yeah! I, yeah. I write things out. I curse people out. I kill them. I dismember <laughs> them. I do all this stuff, and I go, "Okay, that's great. I feel really good now. Let me go back and make this into a real workable story." Now
0: the barf draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. the barf draft. Exactly. Uh, yeah, editing, editing, rewrite, rewrite. That's where a lot of my projects died. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's hard. I still have a problem doing that.
1: Really? Going back because the problem is that our babies are never. Never grow up. I mean, you look at them and you always go, you're never going to completely be happy. I'm editing on the way to the stage when I tell a story still because I, you know. Edit on the stage, yeah. And there's been times when I've had stuff that I've um, written out and I look at it and go, "Yeah, it's not working because I can't read this. I have to tell it. Mm. And that's always a mm-hmm. difference sometimes. And when you tell it, you can put more emotion into it. Right. Of course, when you tell it, then maybe you're not verbatim on the script, and then you get mad at yourself because you leave stuff out. Oh, that's part way. of the whole process. Yeah, you know, I've always admired David Letterman, who we talked about last time, yes. because he t- would take big, long, uncomfortable pauses. Mm-hmm. And I've done that with people, on, done it on stage, uh, where I take a, a big, long pauses uh, to let it sink in. I want... Everyone, it's like I look, I look around the audience, and uh, and that's one of the best things stand-up comedy ever taught me. That mm-hmm. is, is you know, you never this won't come on. This is a visual for for the audience, but yeah, you know, you start off this way and you go that way and you go this way and you do that stuff. And uh, I want to see the audience lean forward. I want to see mm-hmm. some sort of reaction. And then now, you know, right, and then you go back that way, right. Um, and the only way you learn that is just to keep doing it totally. and not worry so much about. Um, is this going to, and this is not any insult to you or, or, no, or no. your partner from, from that episode. Because uh, I listened to it and I said, I, I, I sense, you know, managers, uh, yeah. you know, something like that. And, and that's true. You do need that, especially if you want to push. Mm-hmm. And if you're a younger person at this point, sure, go for you it, want yeah. to go for that because yeah. of the fact that there, there is a, a, you know, a, a, something stamped on the side of a milk carton for yeah. you to hurry up on it. But when you get older and you go, okay, I can do this my way. Right. And maybe somebody might want to do it. I mean, look at also the way things are these days with the development of, of I watch Walking Dead, and mm. I am absolutely amazed what they get away with mm. compared to what on TV when I watched sure. when I was a kid. The fall know. guy. But yeah, it <laughs> goes farther back than that. <laughs> but, but remember the thing is that you know you look at that and you go, it's amazing what you're allowed to do and mm-hmm. what people accept now. You right. know, language and 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 sex and violence and whatever. Right, and, right, right. You know, that's that's fine if you got if you had that. Uh, you know, as long as you can be honest with that, that's
0: that's really cool. Yeah, that's a good way to say. It.
1: Uh, you know, that's the whole thing is not for you know for that sake, but for, you know, do it because it's honest and what's true to the story. Yeah. Um, I have certain words my mother used to hate, curse words mm. that I you know can't say to this day because I feel mm. like you know if I say this on stage or whatever, my mother will sit up in her grave and go no <laughs> like that. And How dare you? How dare. And, and but every once in a while, you mm. find you have a story that you have to put that word in, mm. you know, mm. or you mm. have to, or something like that. It belongs. You know, it belongs there, and that's that's where and that's yeah. that's what you find is when you when you are doing what you are doing. Very shortly, mm. I guarantee you, you will start at some point writing something because you want to. Mm. You say, I have no idea where this is going to go. It, right. it may be something that I can do here, but maybe I should just write. And what helps me on that is I'm lucky enough to have a lot of uh, literary life sites online or whatever. I, mm. I belong to this, um, this site called Hot Valley Writers, and I'm doing stuff for them all the time. They publish four times a year. Mm. And uh, if I want to do a piece about um, watching them tear down a building, yeah. And how it affects me or whatever, they'll let me do that and experiment with that. Mm. And sometimes by doing that, you can see it leads to something else, or it might even lead to something commercial, mm. you know. Um, but like my friend who all of a sudden had his life turn around. Yeah. Um, deep down, I still believe that can happen uh, for okay. me and for, for, you, for, and for anybody. anybody else. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know and. You know, I look at you, uh, sure. and, and the talks that we've had over the years, or yeah. whatever, and I keep seeing the iceberg because the tip of the iceberg is above the water, but underneath <laughs> the water, there's a giant portion of that iceberg you don't see. Right. And uh, I, I feel like you know you're getting close to a spot where you're going to start. Well, I'm going to sink, sink a ship. Uh, sink a ship. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> This is where have, we met, Jack. <laughs> where you're going to have
1: a bunch of stories that you want to tell, and yeah. whether they are commercial or not, whatever, that's not important yeah. right now. Um, I have. friends who write on TV series and they write plays in their spare time. They're Mm -hmm. not going to pay them money or anything at all or they write self-published books or they do stuff like that because um, while it's great to, to write for money. And, and, you know, I always consider a writer, a higher gun. I have never been to the moon, but I'll write you a damn great story about right. the moon, you know, right. um, you, you do that. But, um, eventually every once in a while you need to write for yourself mm-hmm. and it's hard because I have friends who say all the time, well, you know, the thing is you, you know, I, I write to live, you just live to write. And I said, well, balance, but deep down. That's yeah. all it is. You yeah, know?
0: yeah. 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 I, I still think I, I, I you know, there's a story inside me to tell, and I've got to figure out what it is, and I think part of it is, mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, I'm not, the journey's still going. Ooh <clears throat> sorry. Oh. I'm not getting emotional. choking is, on uh, <laughs> choking on the pizza <laughs> I had at lunch. <clears throat> um,
1: that's pretty emotional. Yeah, that's right emotional. Actually,
0: I'm emotional about that pizza I had. <laughs> um, lasagna pizza. It was amazing. Oh, my um, God. Uh, <laughs> it was everything you would fear to have on pizza. But <laughs> I good. had now to your cough coughed. just thinking yeah. about it. It uh, <laughs> may have been a it, gag reflex, yeah.
1: actually, at that point,
0: but. No, I still think there's some sort of story to tell, but I, I just like like for instance in my day job for for 17 years, and yeah, there's definitely stories to tell, and I entertain my people, and I get a oh, you should write a book. I'm like I yeah. don't know what the story is there yet for mm-hmm.
1: me. That's what happens. Yeah. But what you do is like I, said, I started writing things down on Facebook. Little yeah. little, I was, I'm going to tell a little three minute story. Yeah, yeah, and I wrote a little something Saturday night about something that I, that I did. Mm-hmm. And I was very flattered to have a writer friend write back to me and say, if you don't put these things down, I'm going to hire someone to hit you with a stick. And <laughs> and I that's friend and, in wrestling? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but again, all the stuff we all dabble in, <laughs> it's, it's all the same. But, I mean, that's the same thing. And yeah. you, you'll find that from people, and people will say to you, hey, I like that. Or, hey, that's right. good, that works. And you go, eh, there's something a little bit more here. And you hang on to that, and you, you yeah. set it aside, and, and eventually – there's that light bulb. You'll just Mm go, oh... Okay, wow. Oh, this would work this way fine. Yeah. You know, boom. And also, another way, is, like I said, if you take stuff online, I think I'm going to put together a writer page, which I haven't done on Facebook, mm-hmm. where I can put stuff up like that and see what kind of reaction I get from, from right. people who are friends or who barely know me or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and, and see what, what works from there. But I mean, that's, you know, that's, you know, the, the whole process. It's, it is a process, it's yeah. an ongoing process that will be this way for yeah. This is the most serious that we have ever talked this in our serious. entire life. Good. This is good stuff, you know, and I think it's apropos
0: after you know you had to sit there and listen to my podcast and me fretting over turning an age that was so far behind you. You, you know, it's it, uh, it is really you had it, to laugh. Trust me, yeah. when
1: when you when you turn sixty one day, you're going to turn to somebody who's turning <laughs> forty and just go, ha, ha.
0: I, I openly yeah. mock you. I, I mean, I you know, I guess I already do it when I see someone's turning twenty five that I work with, you know. But I get I get it. That that's the process. But I was you know, forty was a big number. Numbers are 40 big. Forty is a big number. Yeah, forty is a really big number i mean it it is and also it just
1: in our society mm-hmm. uh, once you turn 40 oh oh he's an old person he's done yeah you know, yeah i i laugh because i you know you come here to las vegas and all of a sudden i'm a member of of the 50 club where yeah. like anybody over 50 gets discounts so well i'm more than happy to take that <laughs> sure it's like are you writing me off at 50 is right. that what it is like nobody you know i always joke about you know well you know Einstein was an old man before he right. received a lot of things. Like I said, and Billy the Kid was dead for forty years by the time he was my age. You know, <laughs> so you never really know, you know, what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But it, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. you do what you can, and you just keep doing, it and you just keep going on. That's all you do. Yeah, that's
0: all, and that's and, and I, the same
1: thing falls for marriage too. That's the same thing. Yeah, my yeah. wife and I, we joked about that. Somebody said, "What makes a, a really good marriage?" For yeah. her and I, and we were watching TV the other night. And somebody said something on TV, and I made kind of a mystery science theater snarky remark. And she started laughing. And she started laughing so hard, she started to cry. Then I started laughing at her laughing, oh, laughing. and I started to cry. So here we both of us sitting there laughing like
0: idiots at each other, yeah. and this is exactly the reason why we're married together. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens. Is that it? Yeah, that's is what that it is. Is boiled down to a, a complicated journey, boiled down to one or two moments? Is that is the that advice? I dated my wife. You know, I, I listen to people all the
1: time, and yeah. I, I don't care what age they are about yeah. marriage. And, and this is really simplistic because – Mary Lou was my, my college sweetheart. I yeah. mean, I mean, if I think if, if I had had to go through dating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being with people and then breaking up with people and being in my 30s and 40s and the pressure and the peer pressure and all that kind of stuff, sure. it would have been different. But I remember uh, this was very romantic. I turned to her after about five weeks. And I said, so um, I guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend now, huh? <laughs> and she said, uh, yeah, I think so. And that's the last time we talked about it. There was no great, there was no great discussion or whatever. And then no one Facebook status no, change. Then, no, no. then one Christmas Eve, I said to her, "Would you, would you marry me?" And she goes, "Yeah." And that's kind of, but that's just one. Well, that's yeah. that's not that's not the norm. Uh,
0: that's not really sure, the sure. norm. Sure, and it probably but, you know is a lightning in the bottle. Maybe I don't know. But, but you've met her. You've yeah. said, you see, know, we're yeah. perfectly matched. Yes. I mean, we're both insane. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. I love it. I think that is uh, that's what it is. Find find the uh, the uh, the other person who's just as insane as you are. Yeah, find the insanity in yeah. life. Yeah, I, I gave a speech at a wedding in February 2014. Not my words. I read a poem selected by the bride and groom, and it was about that uh, we're all searching for uh, the right person, and we're not. We, we need to be searching for the right kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, and exactly. I, I really do believe in that. Uh, though I've given up the search for anything. Uh, <laughs> kidding, Dan. Not kidding. Uh, Dan we're here for we're here for a pro wrestling event. I'd love to talk more about pro wrestling, but uh, that's a that's even a darker thing. We never get there. We all, we, we, this is twice we started to yeah. talk about that stuff i'm having a great time though because it's yeah. it's a chance to,
1: to meet a lot of these people who uh, have given so much and, yeah. and and entertainment wise and uh and this is where i start to feel old because like i met a guy named nick kozak today hmm. nobody uh, to, that's anywhere near my age would know who nick kozak is but right. he's a uh, you know he's 69 years old and he goes surfing still right uh, and it, the, without him, there would have been no wrestling in Amarillo. And 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 Dusty Rhodes said, without him, they, it may not have been a Dusty Rhodes. Wow. And these again, this is what you talk about again. So you leave. Yeah. You, that's, that's not a name that a lot of people know, but right. it's somebody who's left footprints behind. Yeah. Uh And that's just as important, I think, as, you, as I find as I get older. Is um, I l- I like to think that. Um, um, that that people would 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 look back and say you know I, sure. this person helped me that person helped me this is you know, yeah because we all are here because somebody did something at one point right. for us and you right know, and that can be just as important sometimes
0: as, yes. as everything else. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, specifically to the point of Cauliflower Alley Club, which is what we're here for—to pro wrestling alumni association uh, banquets and all the fun stuff. It's, um, you know, I love the big stuff. I love WWE. I love I love all the flashy lights and the WrestleManias in front of a hundred thousand people. But uh, it's a different feeling here. Mm-hmm. You have to really, yeah. really love and appreciate wrestling for what it is—a great American art form that, uh, you know, a lot of people just don't understand. I've given yep. up trying to sell it to people. Don't you understand. Can't. Uh, and to see guys in the room who, you know, work in front of 40 people in Amarillo. Or, yeah. You know, if you and, get it, you get it. If you don't, you never yeah. will. I mean, that's just the way it is. And yeah.
1: that's the way it is with anything
0: in yeah. life. If you get it, you get it. Yep. That's what it is. And Dan Farron, you definitely get it. Well, thank you. You, uh, I, I uh, will continue to look up to you. Uh, even if you don't want me to well that 's okay I appreciate <laughs> that I mean again I
1: just I just was so amazed we came here just to talk today and it it, it was like all of a sudden a very serious
0: conversation I yeah, hope well, we haven 't driven people away no no and if uh, th- no there's there's life lessons to be had and everything and uh, we can we can talk uh we can make the big yucks or we can get serious and it's uh, you're a great storyteller too even in your answers and uh, I know people appreciate that here in oh, the good. Files. Thank you. Uh, and where, where can they follow you uh, you can since follow you me are uh, re- Real Dan Farron. I
1: need to Twitter more often. I I find – I have a tendency to write jokes on Twitter a lot, which is fine. I don't mind doing that. Uh, It's easier for me to Facebook because I need to have – it's a little bit longer of a form. Yeah, yeah. But I'm on Facebook too. I have, I'm always open to new Facebook friends as long as you're not going to come back later and argue with me on stuff because <laughs> that's the way a lot of my friends have disappeared. Uh, quite, yes. you know, I always say it works. I got 47 acres. There's a lot of room to bury bodies. Uh, that's uh, uh, you know, and that's the way I feel. But you can, you can reach me on Facebook yeah. and uh, and on Twitter and, um, and, and it, through the Knapsack Files. Yeah.
0: And if you're if you're out there in L.A. and you're listening yeah, and you want to story you wanna see, yeah story salon, look it up. On uh, Facebook. You can find on, on Facebook. there's a story salon Facebook group. You can find Find
1: mm-hmm. out uh, who's on each show each week. Right. And we've had some people of, of, of well-known and, and famous yeah. people, and people who are just starting out or whatever. We had, um, like I said, another um, a guy you admire, Rich Shiner, has been on the show Rich. several Great. times, yeah. and it just tells amazing, wonderful stories. And he does. Um, I'm really pleased that um, we've tightened the show up a little
0: bit, and mm. uh, I think that um, uh, for five bucks, uh, yeah. you can't beat this. It's, you know, it's it's uh, it is a fantastic night adventure and you're going to get you know, It's not like a stand-up show where you're going to get a bunch of people in the same age group telling the same kind of jokes, yep. and I don't mean that mm-hmm. disrespectfully, yeah. uh, but you get a lot of varied, varied storytellers, mm-hmm. and it makes for a fun evening. And you had me once, you'll have me again up there. I know I will. I have and I have bared witness here, uh, uh, the Knapsack Files And we'll listeners. have
1: all these people come
0: out and see you. That's and that'd right. That would be even better. So that would be, be better. Dan, as always, thank you. You guys out there listening, appreciate the support. <laughs> well, whether it's uh, joking about frozen pizzas or learning life lessons, Lessons from the aged. Love you, Dan. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, we uh, we do it all here. The is this is the delete button over yeah, here. And <laughs> um, we do it all here. Thanks for the support. We have the Patreon page. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter at @catnapsock. Use the hashtag the Files to join this conversation and tell real Dan Farn what you think about his storytelling skills. Uh, that is all, folks. We'll see you next time on the Napsack Files.